Good morning, Hope Church. Good to be with you again this week. Let's start with a word of prayer this morning. Father, we thank you. Thank you for your goodness and your faithfulness. Father, we pray that you would speak to us, that you would lead us, that you would guide us. Father, we look to you this morning. Would you bring us a living word? Would you instruct us today? And Father, would you encourage our hearts, we ask in that precious name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Last week, we started talking about living in the kingdom. And this week, I want to begin unpacking that a little bit. The reality is that we sadly often do not learn from our past. We often repeat the mistakes of earlier generations. And this means that we need to relearn what our forefathers have learned. We need to rediscover old truths. Perhaps this is what Jeremiah meant when he said in 6 verse 16, Thus says the Lord, Stand at the crossroads and look, and ask for the ancient paths, where the good way lies, and walk in it, and find rest for your souls. How do we discover the ancient paths? How do we relearn in our generation what previous generations have discovered? We need some sort of compass. If we've strayed off the path and into the woods, a compass will lead us back to the right path. God has given us a great compass in the Bible. It has served the church for 2,000 years in helping her to stay on track. Now, I'm not saying this morning that the church has completely lost it. I'm not talking about an apostate church. But I do believe that there are things that we need to rediscover. If COVID-19 has taught us one thing this year or this last year and a half, it's about re-evaluating. All over the place, people have been re-evaluating their lives. COVID has stopped the status quo and allowed time for thought. I believe this is also a great opportunity for the church. Perhaps we need to rediscover a few things. I know in conversation with believers that many have been asking re-evaluating type questions. There are, of course, places in the Bible where we are invited to re-evaluate. 2 Corinthians 13 verse 5 says, Examine yourselves to see whether you are living in the faith. Test yourselves. Do you not realise that Jesus Christ is in you? Unless, indeed, you fail to meet the test. And this is a good thing to do. It's good to test our faith. But I also believe that there is a broader discovery that is needed. What kind of discovery? Well, the kind that asks, what are we about? The past year has swept all that we have been doing under the carpet. We have, as it were, a clean slate or a fresh sheet of paper. What are we going to write on it? And this will depend on what we believe the church to be. This will depend upon what we think the church is really about. Do we meet out of habit? Are we just following a tradition? Do we have a purpose beyond Sunday services? These are questions of purpose. What is our purpose? Some of this will require asking what we have achieved in the past. What is the fruit of our labour at Hope Church? Now let's be honest, these questions make us uncomfortable. But if that discomfort leads us to something better, then maybe it is needed. 
It's often true that people need to be pushed out of their comfort zone to become more fruitful. Sometimes people don't adopt healthy lifestyles until a situation comes along that motivates them to do so. Now we could ask a whole number of questions here. Some would be personal. What is my purpose at Hope Church? What am I getting out and what am I putting in to Hope Church? Some questions are corporate. What is Hope Church's purpose? Why has God placed us in Marsh Lane? I believe the corporate questions will answer the personal questions. If we answer the corporate questions, we will also receive an answer to those personal questions that we have. So why are we here? That's kind of the question I want to throw out and get you to think about. Why are we here as a church? That really is the fundamental base question that every church needs to answer in every generation. Now we need to be careful how we answer this because it's easy to speed through preset answers. I would encourage you to slow down for a moment when answering this question. Why? Well, we don't just need an answer. We also need to assess how we're doing in the light of that answer. Many churches have differing vision statements. However, these should be a product of biblical mandates. One of the most, sorry, one of the most well-known commands for the church is found in Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. So that there's one mandate of God to all of the disciples about what we should be doing. And then we have Ephesians 4, 11 to 16, which says, The gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers, to equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children, tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness in deceitful scheming. But speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Now, we could ask ourselves what the tough questions are here. Jesus commands us to make disciples of all nations. What do we mean by disciple? Well, he certainly doesn't mean a convert. The word disciple is about an apprentice. It's someone who doesn't just imitate his teacher, but he learns to do what his teacher is doing. Jesus produced men who were like him, 
This is confirmed elsewhere in the New Testament. In Galatians, for example, 4 verse 19, we read, My little children, for whom I am again in the pain of childbirth until Christ is formed in you. It's about being like Jesus. So how do we produce these disciples? Well, the same way that Jesus did, through discipling relationships. Jesus also explicitly explains how, teaching them to obey everything that I have commanded you. Jesus chose 12 men who would duplicate what he did with others. In this way, the disciples would make disciples who make disciples. Here's the question. How are we doing on that front? How many disciples have we made in the past 10 years? How many disciples have I made in the past 10 years? How many have you made in the past 10 years? I know these are challenging questions, but we need to answer them honestly if we're able to move forward. Paul in Ephesians 4 also clearly outlines the task. He starts off by showing us the end that he had in mind, to equip the saints for work, for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ. Did you know that my job is to equip you for the work of ministry, that is serving God? I'm not your primary caregiver, I'm not here to make you feel good, but I'm here to help equip you for service. How am I doing? Paul goes on to say, until all of us come to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. Again, these are all measurable outcomes. Are we unified in the faith? Are we mature in Christ? Are we measuring up to Christ's standards? Clearly, these are all measurable. They are not measured by our statement of faith, but they are measured by our lives and how we live. Now, these are hard questions, and I've only picked two main passages. There are other passages that would give us more understanding about what the church is about as well. I'm not mentioning these to beat us over the head with them. I'm mentioning them because now is a good time to evaluate what we're doing. Once we evaluate, we can course correct. You know, Weight Watchers has been so effective over the years because it evaluates. Every week the people come and they stand on the scales and the scales don't lie. Every week, people who want to lose weight go to Weight Watchers and they know they have to face the truth of the scales. The church's challenge is to align itself with the truth of Christ in Scripture. The Bible, the Scriptures, these are our scales. Now, this is not a simple and quick evaluation. It is something that needs discussion. Where we are found lacking, we need to find out why and we need to address it. Where we are doing well, we can encourage one another and we can make a resolve to push on and look for more fruit. But we cannot do any of this without facing some of these questions. I also do not believe that these questions are to lead us into condemnation because I don't believe that that is what they are designed for. It's not about beating ourselves with a stick. It's about saying, Lord, we want to be more fruitful. Lord, we want to receive the reward that you have promised in the end. 
And so I ask you this morning, are we bold enough to face these questions? Are we bold enough to push through? I believe the other side of this tough process leads to joy. It will lead to purpose and to fruitfulness, and it will lead to an increase of God's favour. How are we going to do this? Well, to be entirely honest, I'm not sure. We do need small groups so that everyone's voice can be heard. But we also need a corporate gathering where these things can be drawn together. One thing is evidently clear. It will need commitment. It will need effort. But it will lead to corporate and personal fulfillment. There is a place here for each one of us. And there is a task that God has for each one of us to fulfill. Just as there is fruit that God wants each one of us to reap. I want to encourage you, feel free to chat to me about this. Feel free to just share what you believe God is saying to you over this time. But I want to encourage you, let's journey together as the church of God. Let's ask God these questions to help us, to give us the answers. I'm not, I'm not saying that we should ask these questions um, and try and answer them out of our humanity, but we need to pray through these questions and the Lord will not just give us the answer, but he will also give us the direction that we need to take. I believe for Hope Church that the best years are still ahead of us, but I do believe that in these days he is calling us to go back to some foundations and to ask ourselves some questions and to rediscover some things that the church has lost over the years that will help us to be more effective, more fruitful and leading people to Christ. Let's pray together. Father, I want to thank you. Thank you for today. Thank you because you love us. Lord, I want to thank you that you help us in following you. I thank you that you equip us and that you prepare us. And Lord, I want to pray as we've asked some tough questions today that you would help us to answer them in a non-condemnatory way. Lord, help us to be fruitful. I want to pray for you this morning as you're watching. Jesus wants you to be fruitful. Jesus has placed you at Hope Church because he knows that you have gifts that are needed. And Father, I want to pray today. I want to pray that Hope Church would be more and more fruitful as the years go on. Help each one to discover their calling and ministry. And Lord, I pray that you would give us great joy as we follow you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. Have a really great day.